we have to challenge ourselves to be really good at the creativity, at the curiosity, at the innovation, at making connections between things and, and collaborating and so on. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. Welcome to Status Go. I'm your host, Jeff Tun. Over the first two years of this podcast, we have talked a lot about digital transformation. In fact, digital transformation or more accurately, the misinformation in the market surrounding digital transformation was the primary reason we started Status Go in the first place. Today, we're gonna kick it up a notch and talk business transformation. After all, isn't that what digital transformation is all about anyway? Our guest today is Wendy Keene. Wendy is the founder and managing director of S2E Transformation a consultancy focused on the transformation of Fortune 500 companies. She is also the co-founder of Business Architecture Associates, an organization that teaches business architecture. Wendy is also a fellow with the Institute of Digital Transformation. Welcome to Status Go, Wendy. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me, Jeff, and I look forward to the conversation. Well, thank you for being here. We appreciate you taking the time to talk to to me and our listeners today. So to start, would you take us on your journey? What led you to S2E and BAA, to make them short? Absolutely. Well, let me first say that I'm actually a science person. So my degrees are in biology, chemistry, and I have a master's in sustainability. So I'm an analytical person. I'm a big picture person. Um, but I'm also a student of business, an eternal student of business from the largest corporation to, you know, having worked with social entrepreneurs in Africa. And I just love that businesses are, are these organisms that play such an important role in, um, in, in our societies. And so where my journey really came to, to S2E and BAA was when I was working in very large scale business transformations, right? Architecting entire enterprises. Um, I, I realized this very important gap that was in most organizations around strategy and execution, where I find most organizations are challenged to get their strategy clearly defined across an organization where everybody knows where we are, where we're going and how we're going to get there. Or, um, you know, just, just being able to, to, you know, make sure that we deliver a good cohesive customer experience and not build the same thing multiple times. So this gap between strategy and execution is something I'm really passionate about. And business architecture is a discipline that underpins it and helps us to actually make it real. I love that about your background. It's something that I learned about you recently. We've known each other now for a couple of years through the Institute. And I didn't realize the sustainability in your background, as well as 
kind of that social entrepreneur coaching that you have in your background. That's got to be an interesting mix to to work with the social entrepreneur, usually a smaller organization, as well as the Fortune 500 company. How have you been able to balance that on your journey? I love it. Well, you know, my life has been a portfolio, right? So I do spend a lot of time in the corporate environment, but I, to your point, I work with nonprofits and social entrepreneurs and, and all these different organizations. You know what? At the end of the day, um, the lines are blending where for-profit organizations are thinking more and more about how do we work purpose into what we do and how do we be sustainable yet, you know, social entrepreneurs and nonprofits also have to work effectively like a large company would. And I think working on both sides has only made me more innovative and more able to really sort of cross-pollinate best practices across both. Thank you for, for that, Wendy. I really, I just love to start with people's journeys because that's really what makes us who we are and drives the way that we approach uh, problem solving as we're working with organizations. So let's talk business architecture. What is your philosophy and approach to business architecture? I appreciate you asking that question, Jeff, because, you know, this is an area where we're sometimes we're talking past each other a little bit. So a very important cornerstone of my philosophy on business architecture is, you know, business architecture is an enterprise business discipline, which means it is entirely business focused. Of course, we're going to tie that to the to the IT architecture, but it is business focused. And I underscore that it's an enterprise discipline. In other words, what we're really seeking is a high level, reusable set of blueprints for an organization with our capabilities and our value streams, the things we do to deliver value at the center. And so what I mean is, is a business architecture should be cohesive. It should be a shared language. So when you say customer and product, I know what you mean by customer and product, and we're using the same words. What it isn't is a template or an approach or something that we, you know, create multiple business architectures within an organization. And this is where the power lies, because if we have one business architecture that represents an entire organization and the ecosystem in which it operates, we can do very different things than we can do otherwise. You know, we have plenty of fragmented views of the business, but this is our one place where we actually can come together around a common way to see ourselves and solve some pretty unique problems, especially as it applies to business and digital transformation. And Jeff, maybe I'll just add a couple other things in terms of philosophy. So I, I just laid out some business architecture points, but in terms of organizations starting practices, there's two things that I find are really key to being successful. And I think maybe there are some, some parallels in our conversation here um, for IT leaders. One is that we build business architecture just enough, just in time, right? So in search of business value. Uh, and the second is it's all about really, you know, taking the mindset of serving the business, being a part of it and integrating business architecture into strategy execution with other disciplines, with other frameworks and so on. So a couple of weeks ago when we were talking, you and I bonded over uh, my love for the book. And I know you've, you uh, have read it as well. Enterprise Architecture as Strategy by Jeannie Ross and a team of, of very, very smart people who put that book together. 
are we talking about the same thing when she talks about enterprise architecture in the book? Is that business architecture or is business architecture even a higher level of architecture? Business architecture is a domain within enterprise architecture. So where enterprise architecture is comprised of business architecture, application, data, and technical architecture. So business architecture is interesting because we have one foot in two worlds. We're part of the business, but we're also a part of this EA umbrella and should be really lockstep, not just the architecture, but how we work together to translate strategy and design solutions and all those things. So we're part of a bigger picture, but you know, to your point about, you know, is business architecture above, it should be giving the business direction and the business view on where it is that we're going, how we think about ourselves and what our language is. That makes sense. I just, I just loved the way that book was laid out. I particularly liked the concept of the operating model and the core diagram. And I repeatedly, as CIO in a couple of different organizations, used those to communicate with my counterparts within the business. And it gave us that common language that you were talking about a second ago, because, you know, they would talk about, well, we need to change this. And I'd point to the core diagram and say, well, that impacts all of this around that. Right. So I just love that you brought that, that common language part of it. So let's take a deeper dive into business architecture because our listeners may be somewhat like me. This may be a new term to them. So let's get formal because you know me, I just love to get formal. Uh, What's the definition of business architecture? Well, officially textbook, right? Um, Uh And by the way, there is um, there is a business architecture body of knowledge called the BizBot Guide. It's it's global. It's from the Business Architecture Guild. I'm a co-founder of of that not-for-profit. So it's not just Wendy making it up here, but business architecture officially defined is a set of multi-dimensional business views. And even more concretely, there are 10 domains of business architecture at the center, at the core. Uh, we have capabilities and those capabilities enable value streams for an organization. We have organization, we have information, And then we also connect to strategies and initiatives, stakeholders, products, policies, and we have metrics as well. So it is those 10 things that are business architecture. The power is in how we relate them to each other and how we relate them to other disciplines, such as how do we tie them to customer experience journeys? As I said before, how do we tie them to, you know, applications, software services, data structures? You know, how do we tie them to processes and things like that? I want to make sure to to make note, I would love to have a link in our show notes that would direct our listeners to uh, maybe an infographic or some high level diagram of what you were just describing, the 10 domains and how they interrelate. So we'll get that link from you after the show, but we'd love to include that for our audience. Will do. Will do. To follow up on that and to take business architecture into transformation. Why is having a a solid understanding of business architecture such an integral part of what you do at S2E and business transformations? It's essential, right? This This is why I became so passionate about it. And 
You know, what's much more interesting about business architecture is not what it is, but why it is and, and the role it plays in those business transformations. So I'll break it down to a couple things. The first is a cohesive end-to-end -end, you know, pathway from strategy through the architecture, through the initiatives, through the solutions, through making sure that we actually delivered on the business objectives. So if you picture that as an overall you know, strategy execution perspective, business architecture enables every bit of that. It actually provides the knowledge base and the, the actual data that underpins. So we know, for example, this strategy is connected to this initiative. So we have an understanding of priorities and we have an understanding of, of what parts of the business and IT architecture that maybe an initiative is, is targeting. So it's, it's business architecture is critical to allow organizations to do effective strategy execution, which they not only need for the transformation they're working on, but more importantly, we know we are in an age of continual transformation where our change will only come at a more rapid pace. And so I believe it's not just a, you know, a nice to have a solid strategy to execution function that works well to get ideas into action quickly and well is actually competitive advantage. So it's, it's like, we just need to build that in the ability to do strategy execution. The second reason why business architecture is so instrumental for business transformation is the things we're doing today require us to cross silos like we never have before, whether that's trying to create a cohesive customer experience that's drawing upon multiple different business units, multiple different products, multiple different solutions, or whether that's translating a strategy that requires multiple business units to work together. We need a way to actually transcend that and work across business units. And that's where business architecture gives us not just the language, but the ability to identify reusable business components and you know, create experiences for customers, partners, employees that are cohesive. Is the business architecture a static thing or as you are transforming the business, you are also transforming the business architecture? That's an excellent question. Parts of the business architecture tend to be more static. The value streams and capabilities are intentionally high level and abstracted. But if an organization is, for example, shifting its business model or offering brand new products that need new types of enablement, we could have changes to the value streams and capabilities. But other parts of the business architecture, such as the products or the policies, are more volatile. So yes, the business architecture could be changing. But the major function that value streams and capabilities provide for us is framing where change is going to be made in the operating model. And it also allows us to connect the dots across you know, other initiatives or potentially multiple transformations. So in a way, it helps us make a, a more informed decision about a change because you're holding it up against this uh, litmus test of the business and architecture saying, well, this is a brand new value stream. You can go in that direction, but you have to be aware of the decisions you're making. Did I summarize that right, Wendy? I couldn't have said it better, Jeff. Uh, that's exactly right. You can help us, um, business architecture can help us to understand the impacts of the decisions we've made 
and it can help us understand decisions and the potential impact before we make them. What if we were to do this acquisition? What if we were to do this joint venture? What if we were to totally take our business model in this different direction? Do we want to go down that path? What's the butterfly effect, right, to the business and IT environment? Yeah, yeah. Where do we need to work with partners? Absolutely. It's a very powerful impact analysis tool. Well, let's do talk about technology, right? Our listeners are IT professionals, various levels of leadership from the CIO to the director to the manager uh, and the practitioner themselves listen to this program. Why is business architecture so important to them? I think it gets you at the table because you can speak and think business. It's like, you know, when you really want to build that relationship, you, you sort of have to go to the other side and just think about if you could, you know, have conversations, uh, whether it's maybe how we might leverage an emerging technology or whatever it might be, or how we prioritize investment in technology and what we should do now or later. If we can put that in the context of the business environment and say, you know, here's the capabilities we could use this technology for, or here's, you know, if we make this change to these applications over here, here's what it means from a business perspective. We can meet them on the other side and speak in that language. I love that. And to our listeners, you can't see my big grin from ear to ear because this is something that I've believed in for probably my entire career, but definitely as I got into leadership roles, is it's so important for the IT leader to talk in the language of business, not the language of technology, right? And this gives us that common language to be able to talk business. I describe it sometimes as a deeper business acumen that you have to, and it sounds silly sometimes to say that you have to know how the business makes money. And that goes beyond understanding the financials to understanding the business architecture, understanding the customer experience, all of those things. So I love that you brought that out, Wendy, because I think that is just so important. Absolutely. One of the phenomenons that we saw in 2020 was this increased alignment between the IT department and the other department of their businesses. As we're sitting here today, early in 2021, how do our IT leaders seize upon this opportunity and continue to grow that alignment? Yeah, I love that. Well, to, to build on our, our last um, thread there, already assuming, right, we're speaking and thinking in business context, right? And and I guess, you know, it's important to, there is no business in IT, there's only the business, right? Yes. That's just, there's there's no us and them, there's only us. Um, I think, I think building on that, then there's a couple key ways to really lean in. And one is, you know, our worlds were, were really shaken uh, over the last year. And business continuity and resilience and agility is still a very important topic to be focused on. And again, thinking in business context of, for example, what are the most key you know, capabilities or whatever it might be, but still thinking in that context, I think we can go further on those topics and those are, are really relevant on, on how we prepare to continue to adapt. The other one is 
you know, I've just been amazed at companies around the world and, and how so many of them just, um, it's like they adapted overnight. They were switching business models overnight, right? They were offering new products overnight. And now with the business context, how can IT leaders help the business strategize on how to take those, take digital technology, right? To further evolve our business models and our products. Like, like the bandage is already pulled off. Let's go deeper. Let's get more strategic. And what I think the key tie to make is, again, how can we use technology and marry it to the business model and the value we offer to customers and do better and write, expand and innovate? Do you find that the, that the companies that were successful in 2020 of making the pivots in product and, and service offerings had a, a foundational understanding of their business architecture going in to that. And that's what enabled that amazing pivot that we saw from a lot of organizations. That is a brilliant question. I wish I could say I had the data to say that, that the answer was yes, I wish, but I will tell you, the data, <laughs> I will tell you the data I do have in speaking with architects around the world, especially, you know, just in the early months after the, the pandemic was hitting. And I even did some surveys around this um, where what the pandemic did is it awakened a very, you know, quick response to people in the organization to reach out to the business architects and say, we need to know what we're doing. Or the strategy team, for example, to reach out to business architects that said, ah, we're doing this now, we're offering this product, what do we need to do to you know, figure out the impacts and get it into action? So that did actually happen. And hopefully, you know, as a part of our, our future proofing and preparation, um, we will see more organizations have those business architectures in place. I just think it's the old adage, right, that there's really truly not an overnight success. There's a lot of work that goes into that. I remember, you know, the, uh, this will be dating myself, but the, the rock band Hootie and the Blowfish, when they interviewed them about their album, uh, Crack Review, I think was the name of it. They were like, well, how's it feel to be an overnight success? And they said, what are you talking about? We've been doing this for 20 years, right? So I think the same thing applies in these companies that, that have been successful with this and the ability to do that, there had to be some foundation that was built on. Uh, I think that would be interesting to, to go back and correlate some of that data. And I know you think a lot about the future, Wendy, because I know as a fellow for the Institute for Digital Transformation, we all spend a lot of time thinking about the future of work. And I know that's an incredibly broad topic, but give us a sense of where you see the future of work and what does that mean for the IT professional? Absolutely. I mean, it is, it is a, a, big, a big sweeping question, but maybe to draw upon a few key points. Um, of course, one I think is automation. And from that, it, it requires us to be a more human human. Um, and I'm, I'm quoting that actually from a, a book called The Human Edge. Um, but we have to be more human human. And... I think that means we have to challenge ourselves to be really good at the creativity, at the curiosity, at the innovation, at making connections between things and, and collaborating and so on. 
Um, so I think that's that's one aspect of you know how we show up and, and what we need to be thinking and the ways we should be growing ourselves. I also think there's um, there's a really big shift in the paradigm around value, and this is forcing all sorts of changes, um, not just you know the way we organize in our organizations or you know more self-organized teams. It's you know, the focus around value is also changing, you know, partners we work with and who works full time in an organization and, and what we do. And, and so it, it, it leads to a bigger conversation around organizations and ecosystems, this idea of value, but, but it also means value for each of us. And it's, it's just shifting from showing up to do a job and I'm supposed to do this and that to, again, drawing on those more human, unique characteristics and, and showing up and, and being a valuable partner, which I think is really important from uh, an IT perspective as well. Another area that I've heard you talk about, and in fact, you've used this word a couple of times in our conversation today, and that is ecosystems. Put that into the context of business and transformation for us. Absolutely. I think ecosystem is the new organization, right? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> um, so, so along with this idea of the future is more about value creation, um, when I talk about business ecosystems, now they manifest in different ways, but um, I'll give one example. Instead of organizations focusing on, on what we do and what we produce within our organizational walls, it's the idea and the mindset shift that how do we serve the customer better and how do we work with others to create more value for them and how does that actually help us win in an even bigger way um, by doing so? So let's take the example of um, a person buying a home, right? We could look at it simply from a mortgage company's perspective. We could simply look at it from, you know, the perspective of, of a realtor. We could simply look at it from the perspective of the retail company or companies that are going to help that person furnish their new home. But what if we all work together and created an end-to-end -end value stream and decide where we're going to play together, how we're going to hand off, where we exchange uh, data and, and make this a cohesive experience much more valuable for customers, especially if you've ever gone through buying a home. Um, that can be a, a stressful and disjointed process. And then we can say, what capabilities, right? And what role do we all play in this value stream? And we get to do what we're good at, but potentially, you know, find and delight new customers than, in, in ways that we wouldn't have been able to before. So that's the idea of the, the business ecosystem. What that says to me is that the relationship between these organizations is far deeper than a supply chain, right? So how do you create those alliances between organizations to be able to do that? You know, just speaking from personal experience, I see the conversation start with, you know, from strategic perspectives and leaders you know, starting to come together, entering in conversations with other with other companies. It's it's a desire to see things differently and be more. I also see it facilitated by industries that are disrupted and have to figure out what what role are we going to play now, so they have to shift. Um, so, yeah, it's um 
it, it's an interesting question how we actually facilitate that. I think it starts with catching the vision and seeing what's possible together versus working individually to, to actually, like I said, actually be able to, to do more and be more. And doing more is exactly what we're all about on Status Go. We're about action and that call to action. And I'd love to wrap up our conversations with all of our guests with that solid call to action for our listeners. So, Wendy, what are one or two things our listeners should do tomorrow because they listen to us today? Love it. Well, for future transformation and even for being able to move into an ecosystem world and figure out how to work with other organizations, I have two recommendations to move into action, and they probably won't be much of a surprise based on um, my perspective. But the first is ensure your organization has a cohesive end-to-end strategy execution function that works, that is necessary for the future. And the second is make sure your organization has a business architecture and it's representative of the entire organization, that it's not fragmented. Both of those are two massive follow-ups. But Jeff, tomorrow, you know, if, if leaders can just start conversations around, you know, do we have an effective strategy function and do we have a cohesive business architecture, those conversations and being a champion for those two things will go a long way. I love that because it is a a large undertaking. It's not something that's going to be solved overnight, but the encouragement to get started and start having those conversations is spot on. Now, before we close, because we are running out of time, I wanted to give you a chance, Wendy, to talk about, uh, you've revamped one of your websites, the, the business architecture website. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Be sure to include a link to that as well. Absolutely. So BizArc Mastery is now an online platform for resources, for coaching, and for practical and simplified tools around business architecture also helps to bring people together. So Thanks for asking, Jeff, because I'm so excited about that because so much amazing work has been done around business architecture. We are at a really key inflection point. We have the theory. We have the connections. We have the role. Now it's time to really make it sing and um, really use it in practical ways to help our organizations today and tomorrow. Well, you won't say it, but I will. To our listeners, that's your third call to action. Visit that website and start learning about business architecture. Wendy, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. I know uh, this time of year is especially busy. You launched your brand new uh, online learning website, and I appreciate you carving out some time to talk with us. It's a pleasure and honor. Thank you so much, Jeff. For our listeners, if you have a question or want to learn more, Visit intervision.com. The show notes will provide links and contact information, and we'll be sure and provide all the links that we talked about in today's episode as well. This is Jeff Tun for Wendy Keen. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. 
If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find InterVision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.